Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. China Perspective. Money FM 89.3, good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Go and Chua Tian with you. Time to shine the spotlight on headlines coming out of China. So from losing its economic recovery momentum in the second quarter of 2023 to Special Presidential Envoy for Climate Senator John Kerry's trip to Beijing, what is happening up in China? We will find out more behind the headlines. On the line with us is Dr. Chen Gang, who is Assistant Director and Senior Research Fellow, East Asian Institute for the National University of Singapore. Dr. Chen, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? Very good, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time. Let's start off uh, by talking about China's economic recovery. Does it look like uh, China's President Xi Jinping, um, does he need a, a plan B for, for China's recovery, China's economy, that is? Yeah, actually, I don't think there's really a plan B uh, from Xi Jinping because he has been emphasizing this uh, economic new normal for years. Uh, and actually, maybe this kind of economic slowdown is what he wants. And we now we see that actually the Chinese leadership has been paying more attention towards the quality rather than the quantity of the economy. They're emphasizing this high quality growth rather than the high speed growth. So that's why I think this 5.5% GDP growth for the first half of the year uh, may have met their expectation. Of course, it fell short of many observers uh, in the market expectation. Yeah, doctor, for the rest of the world, this is a slowdown nonetheless. So how will it affect uh, the rest of the world's uh, recovery? Yeah, definitely. I think there will be a very uh, massive spillover effect. A lot of economies, especially in Asia, have been uh, suffering from China's economic slowdown. And we see that actually this kind of slowdown has been featured with the weakening domestic demand and also the uh, weakening of the uh, manufacturing property as well as the trade figures. So I do see that this kind of uh, slowdown uh, of the world's second largest economy uh, will have a big impact upon the regional supply chain and also the economic growth for the whole region. I think it's also a case of them having to deal with the expectation of China. Like you mentioned, second largest economy in the world, they're so huge. Everyone just expects them to bounce back. So when it doesn't go according to script, we start to have discussions like these. Yes, I think uh, there's also pressure for the Chinese yeah. government. Although I said they are starting to emphasize the quality rather than the quantity. Because now we see that actually the domestic job market is very, very weak. Uh, that ha- can become a challenge for the top leadership as uh, more and more young people cannot find their jobs in the market. That can bring social or even political instability mm. that can threaten the leadership. Well, I guess this is the time to encourage those young people who can't find a job to start being an entrepreneur themselves. This is what uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese economy should be all about. Anyway, doctor, let's, let's talk about uh, John Kerry's trip uh, to Beijing to revive those climate talks. What do you think can be achieved? Yeah, many people actually do not have a high expectation for this kind of visit. Uh, given the current status of the China-U.S. relationship. But I do think that actually John Kerry can achieve uh, something, especially in the climate and uh, renewable energy fields. Uh, Actually, the climate sector can be one of the few sectors that the two superpowers can cooperate, and uh, they may find some common ground uh, on the topic. And I can see that actually they can use this topic, this area, to push through their bilateral relationship because they've already seen a lot of uh, headwinds and difficulties in improving their relationship. 
Yeah. Is there a temptation to, instead of, you know, on the one hand, you need to improve the relationship. On the other hand, maybe a bit of uh, friendly rivalry in climate action. But at the same time, to quote you, doctor, pressure, you know, pressure for economic growth, but pressure also to reduce emissions. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely there's a contradiction between the economic growth and the, the reduction of emissions. But as China's economy has slowed down significantly, I do see that this kind of contradiction is getting less uh, significant. And in Xi Jinping's time, the Chinese leadership does have the incentive uh, to cut the emissions, as Xi Jinping himself proposed to the net zero emission targets. But I think China is facing a lot of challenges in reducing its uh, carbon emissions as we are seeing that actually the emissions for the country is still growing. We are not even seeing the carbon peak yet. So that has posed a lot of challenge to the global action against the climate change. So I do think that the U.S. may be a country uh, that is proper to have some pressure upon China and ask China to commit uh, more to the climate. <laughs> you know what? You brought up a good point there, Elliot. Perhaps, you know, we've seen the space race, we've seen the yeah. arms race. Perhaps there should be a race for climate change. And Why not, right? See who can uh, have a better impact yeah. on reduction of uh, carbon emissions between the U.S. and China. Yeah. Uh, to me, healthy to rivalry. Me. Yes, to be honest, I, I cannot agree more on this point. I think these days people pay too much attention towards the geopolitical issues, especially between the two uh, countries. But actually, I think the climate change may be an even more urgent and more important issue because it's not only a challenge to the two countries, but also to the whole world and mm-hmm. uh, mankind. And without the cooperation uh, of these two largest carbon emitters, I don't think the, our uh, Paris Agreement targets can really be fulfilled. Uh, So that's why I think it's vital for the two countries to have understanding on this issue, at least. All right, Dr. Chen, let's uh, talk a little bit about China's Foreign Minister, Qing Gang. We haven't really seen him in public. He was promoted to Foreign Minister in December. Any chance you know something we don't? Yeah, I think it's a bit shocking to me as well. Foreign Minister Qing was supposed to meet uh, John Kerry during his visit to, to Beijing. But he has disappeared for about three weeks and no one knows the exact reason behind that. I think the health issue could be an explanation, but it also could mean that his policy towards the United States actually may face some kind of controversies inside China and China may be ready to uh, adjust its policy in some areas. So how do you read into that though? What's the next step if that uh, is the case, a backtracking or a different uh, direction for them? Yeah, maybe not so much backtracking, but I do see that these days uh, Wang Yi, actually the top diplomat from the party side, actually is taking over more and more of his job, of Qing Gang's job these Mm days. Yeah. So if we look at Wang Yi's foreign policy focus, we can see that he's more focusing on uh, Asia rather than on Western countries, United States or, or Europe. So there could be some kind of adjustment, but it could be a good news for Southeast Asia, as Southeast Asia can receive more attention from China. All right, we've been speaking with Dr. Chen Gang, Assistant Director and Senior Research Fellow, East Asian Institute, National University of Singapore. Dr. Chen, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great Tuesday evening. Yeah? Thank you. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.